0: help us keep it all about you. God, we praise you. We worship you and only you, God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, this is, uh, you see, this is good. This is good. Amen. This uh, worship. Just breaking it down and uh, and even challenging ourselves in that worship. This is good. This is this is real good. You see, you know, uh, and this is you know, worship is is the proper position for the fight that every one of us are in, whether we know it or not. You see, worship is the 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 right position. It is positioning ourselves rightly. Say position. position. Oh, man, you got to remember that today. All right, position. Yeah, worship is the right position for this fight when when an enemy is is coming from every direction. And many times we don't see him coming through 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 places that we would not you know even consider you know, a place for the enemy to attack us and to hit us. Right? and, and then many times even unseen worship, this 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 proximity, this positioning in Christ with God, amen. This is what's important. Uh, pray with me real quick. Father, we give you the praise and we give you the honor. And we give you the glory. And Lord God, um, I just want to say thank you, Lord God, for the cross. Thank you so much for the cross of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord God, for the blood that he, he shed for us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for the payment that our great God and King made on the cross, all right, that that our sin, we know our sin, man, we've been separating us from from the beginning, and yet you came and said, I'm gonna make it right with, with, with you guys through my son, and we just wanna give you thanks for the cross of Jesus Christ, for the death of Jesus Christ, for the resurrection of our great God and King. We wanna say thank you, Lord God. And today, Lord God, the challenge for us is can we truly be yours? Will we truly be yours? And it's all for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Right on, man. Yeah. I'm already having a good time. All right, I don't you, but praise the Lord, man. This is pretty dang cool for me, man. I mean, you know, maybe, you know, I don't buy you. Hopefully, it's cool for you too, man, because we're here worshiping together. Collective worship is an amazing thing. It is just an amazing thing. It's awesome to be able to worship. Now, we can worship wherever we go, right? No matter what, we're living a life of worship, and the idea of coming here on Sunday is bringing all that worship with you and just sharing it with everybody, amen? It's pretty dang awesome, praise the Lord. All right, I'm a, we're in the book of Luke, and like, uh, like, like, like Ben said, we've been in this book probably since he's been in the third grade, and so that's pretty cool. Hopefully, we'll be able to, you know, finish uh, you know, before Jesus comes back, all right? We're, we made it into Luke chapter 10 last week, and we're going to review that here in a minute, but let me just kind of read the four verses that we're in today, all right? Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 20 is where we're at. All right, let me read this for us. All right, and Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 17. If you want to use your app, open your app. All right, I'll be preaching out of the ESV. It'll be up here on the screens. All right, we'll see what's up. And, and here's how it goes. And, and so there, there's, there's actually more to the story, and I'll share that in a minute. And there's actually more coming next week. It's kind of this, you know, there's, 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 there's a, there's a, it's kind of a bigger story that's been taking place. Anyways, these guys, the 72 return with joy. And they, and they say, said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That's kind of random, Jesus, but all right. Okay, and, said, and then verse 19, he says, behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, Don't rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And here's what I know, man, is this fight always, it's always continuing. It's constant. The fight always continues until Christ comes back. We're constantly fighting, all right? We're, we're, there, there's always new ground to take in the name of Jesus Christ, amen? And there's always old ground to fight off, right? There's always new life to take, right? And an old life to fight off constantly. I told you before that the worst position, all right, to have in a fight, all right, to take in a fight is to act like there is no fight, Or to make yourself believe that there there is no fight. If you don't think that there is a fight, all right, for your life, for your soul, for your family, all right, for your church, for your friends, for the people around you. If you don't think that there is a fight, man, then you're already losing the fight. no matter how pleasant your battlefield looks, man, no matter how easy things seem to be going right now, how pleasant things are, how calm things may be in your life right now, there is still a fight for you and for everyone around you. And the fact is, man, that we're warriors. God has called us. He gave us his Holy Spirit. He, he, you know, he anoints us with his Holy Spirit. When we give our lives to Christ, when we position our lives with Jesus, he makes us warriors and warriors are either at war or preparing for a war. Because we know there's always a fight. But positioning is everything. Position is everything. Who, who are you standing with in this fight? Who are you positioned with in this fight? Right. Whose uh, who's, who's power are you counting on in this fight? Man, what do you think is more important in this fight, position or power? You see, we're trained. We're trained, man, from, from, from day one, man. We're trained that power wins the fight. Power wins the fight. Strength wins the fight. Might wins the fight. Every time we're trained that, you know what, that, that, with, there's, there's no power. There's no training. There's no, you know what I mean? There's no, you're, you're, you're out, But you see, in the kingdom of God, positioning, or a position of submission, all right, before Jesus Christ is what wins the fight. Because there we realize that we're fighting from victory, not for it. Amen? And I know, man, we're like, we look at that, man. we're like, I want that position, I want that power. And so I'll tell you, if you forget everything today, all right, if you checked out already, you're just kind of waiting for that last song to come on or whatever it is, man, listen to this right here. Position in Christ comes before any power from Christ. I see people all the time, man, just want to have this power of God, you know. Oh, this one to just kind of work miracles and do crazy things, which is kind of cool. All right, but so many times we, we 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 disposition ourselves from God, and we're expecting the power of God to work through us, in us, around us. All right, and that's not the case. Position in Christ comes way before any power from Christ, and I guarantee you, and I'm going to prove it today. It is way more important than any power that He would express through your life. Save one miracle He's already done: the cross. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's take a look. We're going to go into Luke chapter. We're going to go over the verse by verse. We're going to pull up some crazy verses from places in the Bible. Again, words are going to seem like they're just flying everywhere. All right? Hopefully, we can give you guys some context here. But, but more importantly, I'm hoping that this inspires you to open your Bible. We're going to give you some scriptures at the end to open your Bible and really check into this stuff. Because what seems like a simple part of a story Opens up a whole lot of stuff and it's kind of crazy and I think you'll recognize. All right. We last week I'm gonna review Last week, we opened up Luke chapter 10, and in verse one, he said this. All right, here's what we have. We have this new scene taking place. It said, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others, all right, and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and every place where he himself was about to go, all right? He, got to, he gathered a bunch of people just like this right here. A whole bunch of people. He says, all right, man, you guys have been following me for a while. You guys have been with me for a while. I'm gonna send you guys out, and you tell them, look, be careful, all right? He goes, pray, because this is not enough people. There was a big harvest out there. Pray to the Lord of the harvest for for laborers to go out into the field and to work. Literally, he's telling you guys to pray for yourself because you know what? God is sending you. If you're his, he's sending you. Whether you choose to go or not is up to you. And he says, but I want you, here's what I want you to do. He says, you know what? I want you to to go into into these people's homes and these people's lives. I want you to heal their sicknesses. And then proclaim the kingdom. He says, I want you to serve before you speak. Too many, we shared last week, too often you see Christians go around just trying to slap people around with their Bibles, tell them this is what you need to know, this is what you need to know. And Jesus said, no, man, go in there and help them, heal them. If you missed last week, check it out. We shared a really pretty awesome story of the church and the recenter. Kind of catch yourself up with that. But he also says, look it, man, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. So I want you to go around and just be arrogant with this and crazy with this. I want you to love first, serve first, then talk. Some people are gonna accept you, other people are going to reject you. And he ended with this, Luke chapter 10, verse 16. The one, right before they split, here's what he said, the last thing he said to them, the one who hears you, this is crazy. I don't know, put this up there, where's that at? Verse 16, all right, there we go. This is crazy right here. The one who hears you, this is amazing to even think of. The one who hears you, hears Jesus. Is that true right now in your life? Think about that, because we want that to be true. The one who hears you, he said, hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. This requires a proximity with Christ for this even to be true. We have to be so close to him. We have to know what he's saying. In order to know what he's saying and what he wants to say through you, it requires us to be close. Too often we desire, (laughs) or we speak from our own desires instead of his. We were in sermon prep, and Megan was sharing that when she was a youth, uh, you remember when they had the WWJD bracelets? Oh, I was going around, it was like a big thing. What would Jesus do? It was a really cool thing to think of and to consider. And the WWJD thing, JD, WW, what would Jesus do? Yeah, that was it. Okay, I pretend that didn't happen. All right, just erase that. All right, uh, <laughs> all right. That, that thing, right, that whatever, the, the, now I totally forgot the words, the letters. All right, she said, but, the, but her youth pastor challenged the youth that. He says, you know, it's awesome that you all are wearing that bracelet. It's awesome that you guys are all about the WWJD kind of thing. It's pretty awesome. He said, but, 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 but what did he say? I want to, he, he challenged the students and he basically told them this. He says, well, but you cannot know what Jesus would do if you don't know what Jesus already did. And if you don't know what he's still doing, and what does that require? Proximity requires positioning in Christ." opening up your Bibles, reading about Jesus, praying and staying with him, even today. It requires a closeness with Jesus to know what he's still doing. He says, he says the one who hears you hears me. The one who rejects you rejects me. The one who rejects me, me rejects him who sent me. He could say this to these 72 people because they've been with him for some time. They knew Jesus. They heard Jesus. All right? They saw Jesus. They experienced Jesus. Because they were with him. Can he say this about you? you say that? Do you want him to be able to say, the one who hears you, daughter, the one who hears you, son, the one who hears you, hears me. How, how, how amazing would it be for him to say that of us? And I, I believe he already is saying that about many of you and wants to say that about all of us. I believe that. And so they went out. And so between verse 16 and 17, what we're gonna start with today is, is there, was, there, there was a little bit of time. Obviously, they split and they went out and they did some stuff. They went to some houses. They went and talked to some people. They got kicked out of some places, all right? And stuff like that was taking place, right? And then they come back. In verse 17, you know, last week they split. This week they came back. Maybe it was a week. Maybe it was longer than that. I don't know. But verse 17 immediately says they returned. Check this out. In verse 17, it says, the 72 returned with joy. And then he said, Lord... And they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And we read that. All right. And I've seen a lot of people get really carried away with that. But, I, but first of all, I recognize right now, there's kind of like a, a surprise element taking place. There. Like, wow. Even the, and Jesus, I don't know if you were here last week, but he didn't tell him to go cast out demons. He just said, go heal the sick. And now demons are being cast out. And they said, you know what? Even the demons are, you know, the sick are being healed, man. But now there's more happening. Demons are actually subject, subject to us, you know, in your name. And when I question, why are we so surprised when Jesus does what he says he's going to do? Are you ever surprised when, when Jesus actually does what he says he's going to do? You know what I mean? Yes, we should be blown away because it's an unearthly thing, all right, that when, when God acts. And we know this. But what I think is surprising to us is that he uses us. For these things, he uses you. For these things, he uses me. For these things, I was taking a young man uh, to a rehab uh, a couple of years ago, and we were heading down to Tucson. Uh, and we went to this rehab down there in Tucson, and it was, you know, a very it was, it was a faith-based, Christian-based rehab. And so, when you bring people into this rehab, immediately they start praying over you. They bring you into this office, and they just start praying over you. It was crazy, because we brought this young man in there. And, and, and as we went in there, they were like, OK. And started asking all the normal questions you know, about them being in here and stuff like that. And they started praying over him. And that was really cool. OK, we prayed over him. He received the prayer. And they're like, all right, we're going to go and do this. And then one of the guys, his name was Phil. He says, wait, 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 no. I think we need to pray some more. He said, I feel like God is telling us that there's something more here. And I was like, all right, cool, man. And so we came back, sat back down. And homeboy just started praying. And then his prayer just kind of attracted us into the prayer with him. And as he started praying over this young man, this young man started convulsing. I mean, just I mean, he was he, there was no other there was no real reason for him to convulse. I, he just started convulsing, and he felt like he was trying to get something out. And he was kind of like, "This happened right in front of my eyes, all right." And I know this person that 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 that, that was convulsing very close. I know what was happening, and he's convulsing, and and all of a sudden I thought, "Man, this kid's gonna just throw up." I started backing up. This guy's going to throw up. I just got these shoes, all right. I don't know if I want this. You know what I mean? This guy, all this stuff starts going to my head, all right. But yet, yet the homeboy's still praying over him, man. And I'm just like, and he's like, boom. And he didn't throw up, but he just kind of blah blah and he just like and he just kind of fell onto the ground and just started bawling. And then they just started praising the Lord for it. And he looked up and he said, Man, what did you guys do to me? He says, I feel like something came out. And the enemy was inside this kid. All right, and he came out, he got kicked out. All right, by God, even the demons are subject to us in your name, praise the Lord, amen, in your name, he says, because we are praying in Christ's name and I guarantee you that fuel is not gonna say, yeah, I did that, no, 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 no. And nobody else is gonna say, oh, I did that, no, 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 no. Praise the Lord, glory to his name and worship is the position that we needed to continue, that we began with, continued with and held at that point. Why? Because position in Christ comes before any power from Christ, amen, and we need to know this. See, these guys came and they said, look at!" It. they returned with joy. They're freaking out, man. Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And they're flipping out, man. And Jesus comes out with this random statement. What do you think you would have said if they said, well, that's awesome. Praise the Lord, tell us about it. Jesus says this, man. Out of, out of the blue, he said to them, and I saw, latent, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I mean, was, why is this... <laughs> Why the random statement? I mean, is Jesus trying to one-up them? Yeah, well, that's cool, but guess what I saw? You know what I mean? I don't, know, I don't know that he was doing that, right? I saw their leader fall from heaven, you know what I mean? So just saying, you know what I mean? It's like, no, I don't think he was going that. There. See, there's been a lot of debate over this one little verse in the scriptures right here. All right, and there's a few different ideas, very theological All right, maybe he's saying Satan's rule is coming to an end and I saw it. I saw him hit the ground. Maybe um, he was saying that, you know, as you were casting out these demons, I saw Satan fall and hit the ground again and again and again and again. I just keep seeing this happen. Maybe he was speaking prophetically as we're gonna open up a little later on in an area in Revelation where he saw something take place that hasn't happened yet. There's been a lot written over this one verse. But personally, me Again, if I can't write it in color crayons, um, I'm going to have a hard time with it. And so I, I, when I look at personally, for me, anytime I see Satan mentioned in the scripture, I see who I who not to be like, right? <laughs> right? I see who not to be like. So I do a little bit of investigating. And there's a few times in the scriptures, it's mentioned where Satan falls from heaven or has been cast out. And I'm just going to share one right here. In Isaiah chapter fourteen, all right, Isaiah speaking. You know, God told him to speak to the king of Babylon, and he starts just kind of, you know, just kind of letting this guy know what's up. And then he starts to uh, bring in, you know, this kind of messaging, talking about comparing him to exactly what Lucifer did, you know, in, you know, in the, you know, in in the, in heaven. And he said in Isaiah fourteen twelve, how oh, how you have fallen from heaven, O Daystar, son of the dawn, how you were cut down to the ground. You had laid the nations low. Later on, he'll go, you tried to rise yourself up to be equal to God, above God. You wanted to be above the stars of God. You tried to, he says, because of your pride, all right, and because you had continually lifting yourself up, that God had to cast you down. So for me, when I read this, all right, and I see that they just got through saying, man, Lord, even the demons are subject to us. In your name, yes, they threw that in there. But when I read that and I say, you know, it's the subject to us part that concerns me. It may not concern you, but it concerns me. All right. I see God maybe telling me, man, be careful not to own, all right, any of this work or any of this power because you know that's the kind of pride that God Satan kicked out of heaven. So be careful. Because pride is definitely a faith killer. So be careful. And I recognize that if Satan, all right, who was like the top angel back in the day, right, you know, and it could fall like lightning from his spiritual status and privilege, then so could we, so could I. Somebody said this sentence, and and I'm gonna put it up there. You know, I don't know who said this. I forgot who said this. I I wrote it down not too long ago. In in the most holy work, there always lurks this danger of glorification of the self-life. In the most holy work, there always lurks this danger of glorification of the self life. Anytime God uses us, it's kind of a tripped out thing, isn't it? It's pretty wild because nobody knows you better than you except for God, all right? And you're like, we, well, everybody else is like, hey, man, hey, man, wow, you deserve medals, all right? And so, you know, you're looking in the mirror going, I have no clue. But then we start leading into, all right, that press report. And it's easy to start believing our own press report. And I was taught early on by a pastor, and he didn't even know he taught me this because I just heard him say it one time. And actually he was on the radio, he said this. He said, be careful not to believe your own press report. Not to lean in so far into your own press report. And when you're doing the work of God and you're positioned in Christ and God is doing work through you, remember to continually point to Jesus. Own all your failures. <laughs> don't point to him in your failures because that was you, all right. When you fail, don't go, oh, ah, yeah, well, that was Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, Own your failures, man. All right, own your failures, but but give God the glory for the victories. continue vi- and step out of the way. Amen. God just recognize that. And you know, I, I I was crazy because I was I was watching uh, on YouTube. You know. Uh, just uh, I don't know if you search like whacked out preachers, you'll find some really crazy stuff, <laughs> right? And so there's these, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so so if you guys are gonna search that, I don't know. Uh, but anyways, you have to find you have to scroll through some messy stuff. But anyways, whacked out preachers. There was like um, these guys that would come down from 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 the stage, and they were just tied with like the music we were playing and there'd be somebody in a wheelchair, and they'd walk up to that wheelchair, and I watched this guy, because there was, so, there was a few different wheelchairs lined up, like this guy does this often, I guess, and, and the one person in a wheelchair was clearly disabled, you can tell just by the way she was sitting in her wheelchair, and he looked at her, and he just kind of goes, yes, praise the Lord, and he just kind of walked past, and there was a guy that looked like he didn't belong in a wheelchair, and he walked up to that guy, and pushed it on his head, knocked the dude over, all right, in the wheelchair, fell down, and then I guess he didn't mean to do that, because he was like, oh, and he kept saying, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, he's all right, he's all right praise the lord he's all right get him up get him up get him up all right and he's and this kept walking and i was like what is this guy doing man what, what, what is he doing? And, you know, pass, You know, and, and I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm, I'm searching a couple of more, and you're finding other you know, crazy. You know, they're receiving all of this glory and all of this attention, and then I'm watching this one preacher get in his jet and his killer. You know, you know, uh, you know, uh, suits and stuff like that. And you know what, man? If you can afford a jet, knock it out of the park, man. But you know what? Uh, I'm just I'm like I'm like just receiving all of that glory seemed to be something that was just pretty twisted to me. And here's what I realized, man, it is too easy to focus on the effect rather than the cause, all right? And then, you know, of the effect. When we see God doing things, it's too easy for us to to focus on those effects and not God who is doing it and then take credit for the effect and act like we're the cause. And we have to be careful of that because that's the same kind of pride that got Satan kicked out of heaven. We have to remember that position in Christ comes before any power from Christ. And Jesus said this, check this out, man. He says, uh, behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Again, on my whacked out preacher search, I found uh, these guys, I don't know if you've ever seen this. They, they actually bring snakes into the service. Have you ever seen that? I'll be like, later, all right. I'm not going in there, all right. And, and these guys are like, they're dancing around with snakes. All right, they're literally dancing around with snakes, man. And then there was a report, there was a news report where this one preacher was dancing around with snakes and got bit. And he said, I'm not taking any medical attention. Did you see that verse? Dies. All right? He's like, what the heck? And then his boy gets on the news and says, yeah, I want to I wanna die of a rattlesnake bite in church just like my daddy. That's real spiritual. I'm like, wait, wait, that, that, no, it isn't, man, this is whacked out, man, this is not, you're, you're, you're misinterpreting the scriptures here, and when we, we look at this, and we go, so how does this apply, because look what he says, nothing will hurt you, and but what we know about many of the disciples, all right, that a lot of them died a pretty horrible death for proclaiming Christ, and so we're looking at this, wait, 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 wait. I thought you said nothing's going to hurt us. And what, 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 we have, what we miss is, is, is this might be a promise of circumstance, you know. And I love what Pastor Justin said a couple of weeks. I'll put this up there. He said, we must be sure to comprehend the passage before we ever try to interpret it. Very, very important when reading the word. And especially when reading passages like this. Because there are a lot of promises in the word of God. All right, that, that, that there's a lot that we can claim that are ours and we're supposed to claim. And there's many promises that are particular for that, for, 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 for that circumstance. You know, like, I don't know if God's calling you to go part the Red Sea right now. I don't know that that's the thing for you to go do. If he told you to do it, I guarantee it'll happen. I don't know that God is calling you to circle a city seven times and yell so the walls will fall down. And I think that was a particular promise for a particular time. Now, there are many promises that we can own, but how do you know the difference? You want me to tell you how to know the difference? I will tell you right now how to know the difference of a promise that God made that was situational and a promise is for you. You want to know how? Anybody? Yeah. Read your Bible, all right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Read your Bible and pray and ask God for discernment, and I guarantee you he will meet you there. Amen? And be in community with other believers doing the same. It is so important. Now, I've seen stuff like this, and I've seen things happen. There's this old story of a, I don't know if you ever heard of the missionary, David Brainerd, all right? David Brainerd was a missionary. Uh, He gave his life to Christ in the 1700s, all right? And uh, when he was 20 years old, he gave his life to Christ. Four years later, the the Scottish Missionary Board sent him out as as a missionary to uh, Massachusetts to the Native Americans there in Massachusetts, David was all about it. He was all about it, man. And he wanted to, he wanted to be this missionary. He, was, he loved the Lord, but he, he had a hard time with life. He was often very discouraged and sad and stuff all the time. But he just went anyways, and he was going to proclaim God. And he went to this area where, where you know what, that, 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 these, that this certain group of natives that were out in the deep forest have had Christian missionaries come out there before. But they were, it was crazy because they'd come out drunk, all right, and they'd come out, and they were hypocritical, and they were lying to them a lot, making false make, making false you know, you know accusations about making false promises about God and who he is, and none of this stuff was happening, and so it kind of turned them off, and they just got sick and tired of these people coming out, and they didn't want them out anymore. As a matter of fact, they had, they had determined that any more visitors were just going to kill them. And David's friends were telling him, look, man, don't go out there, man, because these guys are going to kill you. But David ignored all that, and he went out anyways by himself. In the 1700s, went out to this, to this to, looking for this village of natives, all right, Native Americans here, and just he was going to proclaim the gospel. And he got just a little bit from the village and he set up camp. And after he set up camp, he went into his tent and he just started to pray and pray for God to reveal himself to these people. What he didn't know is just a little bit before he got to that area, the natives saw him and they were following him through the bushes. And when they saw him go into his tent, they were like, okay, when this guy comes out, we're just gonna fill him with arrows. We're gonna kill him. But he didn't come out for a while and it was taking a long time so they snuck up to the tent, all right, so they snuck up to the tent, all right, and they opened the tent to look inside, and they just barely peeked inside, and they saw him praying, now again, they had Christian missionaries there before, or so-called Christian missionaries before, and so they had an understanding of some English, they were learning English, that's one thing that did help with them for, you know, and so they could hear him praying, and they literally heard him praying to God for them saying, God, please help me, Lord God, to to help them understand who you are, to let them know how much you love them. Show them, Lord God, that you love them and that they're precious in your sight. And they heard him praying this. And while they were here and praying this, they tripped out because they heard this hiss and they saw a rattlesnake and it freaked them out. They backed up a little bit and the rattlesnake went into the tent. It went up right behind David. All right. And, And as they were looking through the tent again, they saw the rattlesnake begin to talk. Just kidding. All right. So just kidding. Just want to make sure you're listening. All right. Check it out. All right. As he was praying, this is a true story. As David was praying, they saw the rattlesnake kind of raise up, like right to where he was on his knees, man. He was bowed down and it kind of raised up right by his neck, like ready to strike his neck. And then it stopped. And then it turned around. Didn't even hiss. David never even saw the snake. And it left. They ran back to their village. They told their chief. They told their people about everything that happened. Right, Everything that happened, man. And then then when David actually was finished praying and decided, okay, I'm gonna go into this village, they were welcomed with open arms. Even the chief, he was the first one to come out and just welcome them to their village. Because they said, surely the power of God is with this man. And they were eager to hear his message. And, he heard, and they told him, dude, we were right behind you. Did you know while you were praying that the snake almost bit you right in the neck? He didn't even know it. Now, we can look at that and say, well, see, you know, the promises of God. No, 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 no. David was there to represent God for real. He was there to lead a people to Christ. And God was going to make sure that happened because he had called them for that work. Position. All right, in Christ, all right is always, you know, we'll, we'll always. Um, what was my line? I had a really good one. Remember that? <laughs> Position in Christ becomes before any power from Christ. Amen. Yeah. It's so important. And look at verse twenty. Well yeah, look at verse twenty. Here we go. Hmm. What you need to know too is, at age twenty nine, David was. I think it was twenty five when that happened. Four years later, he died of tuberculosis. And then we're like, okay, God, where were you on that one? You don't know what God's doing. You know, precious sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. We do know that. But God has a plan for each of us. And the plan is to bring him ultimate glory by being positioned in Christ. Amen. In verse 20, Jesus says, he says, you know what? Okay, let me reread this all over again because this is really, really good. All right, the 72 return with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. All right, and he said, "Uh, I saw Satan fall like, like lightning from heaven. He said, behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions all over the power and all over the power of the enemy and nothing's gonna hurt you then he says in verse 20, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And Jesus calls attention not to the power that he gave them, but the fact that their names are written in heaven. Why? Because they were positioned with Christ. You see, life is, is meant to be lived as a result of this greater reality, not for it. I'll tell you that: Rejoice in what God has already done for you rather than what you have done for God. It's so important to think about. If you want to be extremely happy about something, amazed at something, rejoicing in something, not saying that you can't rejoice about the things that God is doing through you, but rejoice in what God has already done for you rather than what you have done for God. Because I'm I'm gonna tell you, if you're working for God, you're working in the wrong mindset already. I don't work for God. I wanna work with him. You understand? Because then, then you can trust the work. If I'm gonna work for God, I'm messing everything up. I'm just gonna tell you right now I've done it, I'll do it again, I know it, I, I know. I don't wanna work with God. We, we get excited over these visible miracles, we get excited over these demonstrations of supernatural power, and that's okay. But the greatest miracle of all is the fact that you and I, unworthy sinners, can become righteous children of God. Earlier this year, I told you a story about a guy named Sujo John who was on his work one day. Normal day, just like it, kissed his wife. She was on her work as well, uh, but she was running a little bit behind him. Normal, everyday day, right? Going to work. Except the fact that his office was on the 84th floor of the World Trade Center and it was 2001, September 11th. I got to work that day. And he was a Christian, follower of Christ, you know what I mean, positioned with Jesus. And as he was sitting at his desk, he was, he was actually you know kind of just examining his life, saying, man, I don't think I'm sharing the gospel enough with enough people. God, I really need you to lead me to understand how to share the gospel with more people. And as he was walking to the printer, all that thought would have to just kind of be put on hold because all of a sudden this building started to shake and it started to get crazy and smoke and soot started to come in through all the, all the different openings in that, in that office building, and he started to see huge fireballs falling outside the windows, and people were screaming, and it was getting crazy, and he couldn't understand what was happening, and as he was trying to make his way to to the exit, and trying to get people over to the exit, all right, down to the stairs, and they were going down to the stairs, they heard another hit, all right, and it got even crazier, and as they're going downstairs, they're trying to make it downstairs, they saw these first responders going upstairs, and he was thinking to himself, are these guys ever going to make it back downstairs? He didn't have a clue what had taken place. It took about an hour to get down to the ground floor, and as he got down to the ground floor, all right, it was just, it was just chaos, it wasn't any, it wasn't any better down to, to get outside, because you could see nothing, because of all the smoke, and all the ashes, and he could just hear people crying, and crashing stuff, just crashing, and he heard these folks over here, he saw about 15 people just crying out, and he went over to them, and he, and he, he said, God, how can I help them, and he says, tell them, you know, he felt you know, impressed to tell them about Jesus, and he told these people, cry out, cry out in the, cry out in the name of the Lord. And you'll be saved. Cry out on Jesus' name, and you'll be saved, man. And God was encouraging him about the gospel and how important it was in their life, and he was speaking to them. And then, as he was speaking, another crash came and killed all 15 people. And Sujo was like, What the heck, man? What happened? They called out on your name. They were crying out. There were were people from different, who knows where they are from, their their background or faith background. He said, they were calling out on your name, man. God, what, what happened? And God, Sujo said at that moment, God impressed him, even in the chaos. Sujo, they're with me now. They're at peace with me. You see, in the end, What will matter most is knowing you're his. That's why Jesus said, nevertheless, don't rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Jesus said this, man, in John chapter 11, 25. He says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and, and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And he's asking you today, do you believe this? This fight is raging around us. And the fight is for and over you. Where are you positioned in this fight? Finally, in Revelations chapter 12, verse nine, again, maybe Jesus was speaking prophetically about seeing this, but here's what he said. I'm just gonna read this, all right? I got some stuff for you to read before you go home here, check this out. And it says in Revelations chapter 12, verse nine, this is is the end of all things. Uh, and, and And the great dragon was thrown down and the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. And the accuser of our brothers have been thrown down who accused them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. his work, not ours, conquered by the blood of the lamb. The enemy is conquered by the blood of the lamb, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the blood that says they're not yours no more. I've told you before, people people say, I don't know if I can accept the God that would send me to hell. God is not sending you to hell. We're all on our way to hell, all right? Jesus is is pulling us out, all right? (laughs) The whole planet is on their way, all right? We're already heading there, man. We rebelled at the very get-go of this whole thing, man. And Jesus says, I wanna pull you out of that. I wanna save you from that. I'm not sending you there. And they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, the testimony that says, I'm yours. I'm yours, Lord. Remember he said this morning, thank you for the cross. Thank you so much for the cross. I'm yours, whole thing. For they loved their lives not even unto death. And Jesus says, they're mine, they're not yours no more. I love that line. They love not their lives even unto death. What can the enemy threaten us with if we're not afraid to lose our life for the glory of Jesus Christ? What can he threaten you with? So what do we do about that? (laughs) What are you gonna do about all that? All right. Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to know something and there's some things I want you to do. First of all, know that there's a fight. All right. And you've been called to fight from a position of victory not for it you need to know that you need to trust that and in that knowledge in that understanding in that heart movement trust the finished work of Jesus Christ number one trust the finished work of Jesus Christ and I got a question to go with that how often do you remind yourself of how he paid your debt We always want to go on to deeper things, more things, which is great, but you've got to continually remind yourself that Christ Jesus paid your debt and how he did it, the blood of the Lamb. Number two, examine your life in Christ. Examine your life. Which do you want more? Do you want more power or do you want position with Jesus? Do you want to be positioned with Christ? Examine. Trust the finished work of Christ. Examine your life in Christ and finally own your position in Jesus. Let me ask you this. What keeps you from being 24-7 for Jesus? See, I want to give you these things to do, bump, 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 but you got to take those questions with you because I think those questions will put that thing, will put rubber to the road for that thing that we're challenging you with. Those questions are important. Finally, if you want to go do a review on this, here's what I want you to take a picture of this because I'm not going to leave this up there very long. Read, all right, this stuff right here, Luke, Luke, the Isaiah scripture, the John scripture, the Revelation scripture. I've added a little bit more to the Isaiah. There's more more around all this stuff. I would tell you to check our work, all right, and then check your work, but to ultimately trust his work. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. We got the easy part done. Your turn, man. Come on.